2-2 to Correa. Bust it! Left field! Para la calle! What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez here with you. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course, at Apollo HOU. Make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Dez and I will be recapping ALCS games one and two. The series is tied at one game apiece. Astros win game one and then fall to the Red Sox in game two. And Des, just uh, some general comments early about games one and two. Obviously, two completely different games. I think the uh, not even it's not even an elephant in the room, but the biggest issue are the two starting pitchers for the Astros in game one and two. Framber only went two and two thirds. Luis Garcia only went one. Um, Astros steal game one and then get shellacked in game two. Put up a little bit of a fight towards the end, but just some general comments to start. Yeah, it's going to be a war. Uh, I think we said we said it before the series started that um, this this series these teams are kind of mirror images of each other. They have yep. they have guys that can get big hits, guys that have been there before. In October, uh, a manager that has has won a, a championship here and over there, so um, it's going to be a flat out war. I think splitting one to one, especially feels like stealing game one the way. That game kind of played out, and then the ass whooping that was delivered uh, yesterday. But all in all, one and one, you just got to get one in Boston. If you if you can't do that, then it's just not your year. So um, I am worried about the pitching. Um, yep. I think everyone should be worried about the pitching, and you need an absolute gem from Jose Ucredi on Monday night. Yeah, and another thing is do not throw Kike Hernandez anything middle in. Just stop throwing again. Him. Yeah, in general. Um, and you and I made that comparison at game one. We were both uh, both in Minute Maid Park for uh, the start of the ALCS, and we compared him to what Jackie Bradley Jr. did to the Astros in 2018. Jackie Bradley Jr. was the MVP of the ALCS in 2018, in which the Astros fell to the Red Sox. Red Sox go on to win the World Series, thanks in large part to Jackie Bradley Jr. And Kike Hernandez is literally the hottest hitter on the planet. The dude's hitting like over 500 in the ALCS and in the postseason. I mean, the dude hit, what, two bombs in game one and then another bomb in game three? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, in game two for yeah. three? I mean, dude is literally seeing beach balls. And we asked, y'all asked it, y'all did an Ask Apollo on the way down for the watch party for game two. And one of my questions to you guys, to you and Spaceman, were how do you throw Kike Hernandez? I said hard sliders away, hard fastballs away. And... When we have seen that, uh, Phil Maton did a really good job of throwing to Kike Hernandez. Got him to strike out on a fastball up and away. Threw him away, 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 away. He swung and missed, swung and missed. Finally fouled off a few pitches. Finally swung and missed for strike three. But then for some reason, he got a few more pitches to hit in game two. And I think it was like three for four. I don't have the correct, you know, I can obviously look. But yeah, the dude's just seeing beach balls right now. It It's... It's wild that we highlighted this kind of scenario before the series started when we previewed the ALCS. We said, don't let the guy that's hot beat you in the series. Yeah. And you, I don't think you've let him beat you because you, you stole game one. Yeah. But 
if you keep pitching to them, especially in Boston, with that crowd's going to be as live uh, as live can be, be bonkers. Then, then you if if they keep pitching to them, that, then that's on you, Astros. That's on you, yeah. Strami and Dusty and everyone else and on the staff. Um, I think just the way to attack him, like you said, soft away, hard stuff away, and just hope he gets himself out. Hope he extends the zone. And, and then kind of throws him off. I think like one like a zero for three game would maybe a little reset button for him because he's just right. so hot at the plate right now. Um, but until then, you just you have to approach him with caution, and and that's just how the game goes when the guy's this locked in the way he's locked in. Yeah, he was four for five in game one, and he hit leadoff for the Red Sox in game one, and then Alex Cora switched him and Schwarber, so Schwarber was a leadoff guy in game two. Schwarber. I think hit a double to start that game in which yeah in which he did and then Hernandez had a little bloop single but talking let's go back to let's let's you know recap this by game so game one Minute Maid Park was rocking um, still man I don't know about where so we were in different sections Des you and Colin Spaceman were together uh, I was over in 101 which is the Crawford boxes you guys were up the left field line um, I don't know about y'all's section but ours. Uh, wasn't that live, man. It was kind of uh, kind of boring, to be honest with you. And I just don't understand it. I don't understand why people aren't on their feet every single inning, every, every pitch, every big moment. I, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of hit on that because there's a lot of talk across the timeline on Twitter. Uh, I've seen some uh, writers talk about opening the roof. Doesn't really matter because Minute Maid Park really isn't that loud, which people might hate on Brian McTaggart for making that comparison, but... Tell you what, it takes a big moment to get the crowd on its feet instead of on a you know early early O2 count where Lance McCullers or even Framber Valdez has got a guy down O2 and uh, only half the stadium is standing. But I don't know, man. I, I don't know how it was from your perspective, but the crowd uh, it, for the most part, was, I thought was it was a circus raucous where we were. Um, well, I'm I'm happy to hear that. And then I made my way up and saw some some friends and some family up in the Honda Club for a bit. It was rowdy up there. Because it wasn't that route in ALDS, and then when I made it back to my seats, uh, and I think we were one hundred seven, um, it was a pretty good palpable energy throughout the entire time. The middle innings sucked, especially right after the Altuve error, the ball that kind of ate them up. Yep. Um, it 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 the atmosphere died a little bit then, but man, I I I have no complaints on my end of where how we were and and all that because it was it was pretty palpable the energy there. Yeah, so the section, so like 103 and 100 were popping. And then, I'm sorry, 102 and 100 and 102 and even 103 were absolutely insane. And the uh, row behind me and the row behind them, so rows three and four uh, plus our row were pretty much up the entire time, still getting bitched at for standing up. Uh, guys are trying to get other people up. I just, I just don't understand it, man. If you're going to spend all that money to sit that close, and be in those good seats, you might as well make you know make the most of it. I do know that the middle innings were kind of uh, boring, if you will. Uh, and again, like you highlighted, Jose Altuve had the error, cost him three runs. They stayed in the game. And I said it, and you and I both said this, actually. Survive the surge, catch the momentum when you can, and at the end of the day, good teams find a way to win, and that's exactly what happened in game one. To limit the Red Sox, I said in our group chat, uh, uh, for our Apollo group chat, to only give up three runs and to hold them to three runs in that big inning was huge. At that point, it was only a three-to-one ball game going into the top of the fourth, and it was scoreless up until 
Yeah, the bottom of the six where we saw Jose Altuve come up in a big moment with two outs, hit a two-run jack to tie it. Then he had uh, a sack fly later in the eighth, but then big time Mr. October himself, Carlos Correa, comes in, hits a, a mammoth home run to put the Astros ahead, says, what time is it? It's my time. All-time pimp job, in my opinion. I mean, just an absolute, what a pimp job. Just I, phenomenal. It's up there with one of the greatest moments ever um, in this golden age, and especially Carlos Correa's October highlight rule. I mean, yeah, standing at the plate, knew it instantly. The, the point, it's my time, the chest, the yell, all of it. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And I think the best thing about it, it, it was, I think we all expected it. And yeah. That's so, so crazy to say because baseball is such a hard sport. But you just right. knew that Altuve was going to make up for that error. You knew Carlos Correa in that moment was going to get the big hit. And it was a hell of a bat, too. He, had, he saw some tough pitches there and battled, and, and then he got that fastball and, and, and didn't miss. Um, but it just, it's wild to say that every, I think everyone watching, everyone in the stadium knew at that moment Carlos Correa was once again going to put another highlight in his highlight reel in October. Yeah, and, and I know that you, know, you guys like to give me a lot of shit because I always talk about quality at-bats, but you go back to the bottom of the first. Jordan uh, Alvarez, quality at-bat, sack fly, scores a man. Obviously, the big home run from Altuve in the bottom of the sixth. Uh, Correa with the mammoth home run in the bottom of the seventh. And then you, uh, uh, Jose Altuve does it once again. Another quality at-bat, sack fly, gives him that insurance run, which was huge because Kike Hernandez comes up in the top of the ninth and hits a solo blast. So those at-bats are going to be huge throughout the rest of this series and then even bigger when you get into the World Series, regardless of who is there, who can have the best quality at-bats at times. And we saw it. And who other than Jose Altuve to have two of them, especially after making the error? I'm sure everybody saw the error. Oh, no. Oh, God. Here come the yips again. Blah, blah, blah. All the bullshit. No, he kept his head down, kept kept going to work. His moment came. He delivered. The Astros win it. Biggest thing for, for me out of game one was how the bullpen performed. I mean, if you look at these stat lines, obviously, Framber only two and two-thirds. I don't... Here's what I'll say about the Astros pitching so far. It's inexcusable, in my opinion. You can't have your starters not even go through the order twice. That's, that's not good, and that's not just them getting absolutely raked at the plate. They're just not throwing strikes. They're getting into deep counts. I can't tell you how many times did, excuse me, Framber Valdez have 3-2 counts. I mean, my goodness, yeah. those strikes. He had 60, 64 pitches, Thirty only 35 of them were strikes. That is inexcusable to me. Same thing with Luis Garcia. I know he might have had something going on with his knee, but still, throw strikes. That's yeah. inexcusable. I think the, the, the crazy thing is that once again in the preview, we said that the team that is going to capitalize on walks is going to win this series. And through two games at one and one, I think the Astros haven't capitalized like the Red Sox have. I think the Red Sox yeah. should feel like they be, should be up 2-0 going back to Boston and you know be able to close it out there, but with it being 1-1 the way it was, it almost feels like, okay, we won a game, the bad Framber game, right? Like yeah. the It's a 50-50 coin flip of what Framber's showing up. So if you want his bad start, hopefully the second time around it's a good start and you win that. And that's why I say we kind of stole that game is because you had bad Framber, but the bullpen pitched their dick off. And, and oh, they yeah. pitched their dick off again on, on, uh, excuse me, on Saturday as well. And 
it's for something that was such a question mark throughout the year and, and all the usual suspects and every everyone bitching on the timeline about, you know, Rayleigh or Maton or whoever it was, the guys that have come in and pitched this postseason out of the pen have been phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um Oda Rizzi coming in yesterday after Luis's injury. Um yeah, it took about forty five minutes to get him going. But like look, that's the rule. Like if someone gets hurt, you bring your guy in a starter, he has to get his routine and I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he didn't rush. Yeah, he did give up a, that grand slam, but he pitched in eight up innings when he, someone yeah. had to do it, and that's going to pay dividends later on down the road. But I just, it's not sustainable in the CS and hopefully in the World Series if your starters aren't even going second time through, like you said. Yeah, it, it, it's not. We'll be on the couch inex- watching. We'll be on like the I couch said, it's, next week watching if it if they keep this up. It's inexcusable. I'm sorry. I, I, that might seem harsh. It's inexcusable. You can't have that. Now, the good thing about what the bullpen has done outside of Framber's outing and outside of Luis Garcia's outing, the arms that have come in, game one, they gave up one walk. Game two, they gave up one walk. The bullpen guys have only given up two walks in two games. That is absolutely phenomenal. That's nails. And for Jake Odorizzi to come in the way that he did, he was supposed to start game four. And it was a shock to him and probably to everybody else that they were going to go to Jake Odorizzi in that moment. And he did what he could. Yes, he gave up the Grand Slam, but for him to eat up four innings, that's big time because the Astros only used five arms yesterday. Same thing that the Red Sox did. They also used five arms, and they won nine to five. The way that game was going, you would have thought Nathan Uvalde was going to stretch into the seventh. Then they'd get their setup guy. Then they'd get their closer. Boom, get out of that with a big-time win. Only use three pitchers. Your bullpen is set up beautifully to go into Fenway Park on Monday night? And no, it's not. That's that's the beauty of this whole thing. Yeah, the Astros got their shit kicked in yesterday. Saturday, that's fine. Turn the page, move forward. Yimmy Garcia has looked good. Maton has looked good. Brooks Raley got his job done. Ryan Stanek has pitched. Graveman's pitched. Presley's pitched. Christian Javier came in and, and, and tossed well. So it's all going to come down to the starting pitching, and it starts with Jose Urquidy on Monday. Correct. And you know game four is likely going to be a bullpen game because they're talking right. about Zach not being stretched out. And if he is their guy or Jake, who just threw on Saturday, it starts on, on Tuesday, then obviously it's going to be two or three innings tops. So going into the start on Monday, Jose needs to probably pitch the game of his life, to be honest, because this bullpen – is going to have a lot, lot of innings to log on Tuesday. Um, so you need your guy on Monday to really go out there yeah. and eat some innings and really go out there and extend the game and, and give these guys a chance in the sense of a starter going a distance that is respectable. Right. Because and it if, hasn't been. It right. absolutely hasn't if, been. If there is ever a time for Jose Arquiti to toss the pill as well as he can and extend into – the sixth, seventh inning, it is Monday night in game three. It is a must-have for the Astros for him to come in and throw and keep the pitch count down and throw six to seven innings. Five, six, seven innings. Give me six, and I'm okay. Give me six, uh, yeah. six I'm solid happy. innings. Six solid innings. And I, I will feel a lot better because if you don't, and it is a bullpen game on game four. The Astros very well could find themselves down three to one. 
Yeah, it's uh, the biggest. It's a scary thing. It's, it's scary. A scary. It's it really a scary is. thing. The, the the reality is this, guys and girls. That's a harsh reality. Harsh reality. That the positives are you have an opportunity for hopefully Framber and Luis. I don't know with his knee. I know he said he felt good today in his pen. That their second time through is not this first time through. This is just an outlier. But there's a reality you don't even get back to him. And the sense that you could be chasing 3-1 you know, going into elimination game on, on Wednesday. So it, they need a win tomorrow. I, tomorrow, Monday is a, is a must win game. Yeah. I think it's a swing game in the series. I think it, it gives either team a lot of, lot of confidence going into the, the next two games because you're going to play back to back to back. Um, I think tomorrow's the biggest game in the series. Yeah. And, and another thing that I, that I think about as we're discussing this right now, it's, I'm not worried about the Red Sox. They don't scare me. What scares me is is the Astros starting rotation. So it's not the Astros battling the Red Sox. It's the Astros battling themselves. And that starts with the starting pitcher. Can you give the Astros a quality at start, Jose Urquidy? And then from there on, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because you look at Boston, their starters, they're good. They're not great. Nathan Uvalde really wasn't that great yesterday. I mean, he got the job done. He had some filthy but he, stuff. Uh, but he didn't, it wasn't like he was out there blowing dudes away. He yeah. wasn't, you know, having but at, a... And then again, he had a lot of, he could just go out there and 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 just throw strikes and fill up his yeah, own. Yeah, nice had, and relaxed. Yeah, and eight, eight they're up, lead. yeah, eight run, then eventually nine run lead. But again, I just, I... It was zero stress stuff, for him, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. His, he's, he's got one, he's got a hundred in him, we know that. I mean, I think yeah. the next time we face him, he'll be more amped up. Obviously, it's probably a bigger game uh, than than that, but... When the rotation came out for for the Red Sox and it was Sale and then Nate, I was very curious of that, and that's why I said keep saying the Astros stole Game One because I felt like the Red Sox punted Game One. They're like, "Hey, Sale hasn't been stretched out. We're gonna start him Game One. We're not gonna start our ace Nate. We're gonna put him on Saturday and try to get back back home one one." Obviously, that worked out, but the sense is. In October, these guys have been here, and both sides have been in these in this i this same exact situation. But the biggest thing is they're capable of turning the page over. And we talked about it last series. The Astros are built; they've had so many, so many, so many innings and so many at bats. They're they're the probably the most capable team of turning that page over, and that's what they did to secure the ALDS. And now they're gonna have to do it again. And I think the at bats late in the game really shows how locked in these guys are. Obviously two grand slams and back-to-back innings is just wild to even say that out loud, but to have them keep fighting and to to have really good competitive at bats um, throughout that end of the game, when the game was pretty much out of reach from the second inning on, um, I think speaks, speaks dividends of the, of this team. And I I think we heard it today in in Bregman's press, you know, they, Hey, as an offense, we put up five runs, but we got to be better. Everything else. But, um, I think that and and the crowd itself at the end of game two actually was pretty live for getting your for getting your asses beat. I'm not gonna lie. I mean it's it was a good clean energy. Obviously the the score dictated you know the result, but um, I was really 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 happy about those at bats I saw. Yeah, the at bats, especially from Jason Castro coming off Woo. coming off the bench. I mean, what talk about some Bro, grown man strength? Mickey that Mantle is a, in the seventh dude. That's a tank, man. Dead center. I mean, that's what he hit at 432 feet. I mean, that's an absolute nuke. And he comes off the bench, cold, off the bench, pinch hit, goes, gets, gets his feet wet with, wet with some playoff experience. 
in, in this series. Another guy that got some playoff experience that actually pitched pretty well was Blake Taylor. That's going to be huge down the stretch. Um, so again, everything else flows with the way you're starting pitching. Now, I think another positive that some people might not have thought of, the Astros are now the visiting team, so they will get to hit first. Come out with uh, attacking early, uh, hunting fastballs, and get on. Uh, who started for them? Is it Rodriguez, right? For the Red Sox? I assume Erod is, is starting. I think they announced that. Yep, yeah, it is. Yep, Eduardo Rodriguez. So Lefty get on him early. Has some has some a lot of strikeout stuff. Has yep, a walk problem. Stuff. Has a walk problem. So we got to extend these at bats. Uh, but he's pretty filthy from the left but side. Gra- grab the momentum early. Shut down the uh, Fenway Park crowd. I know they're going to be going absolutely nuts up there. Uh, excuse me. So get on them early and then give you know calm it down a little bit for uh, Jose Urquidy. So the offense gets a chance first. If they put up two or three runs, I think that's going to I mean, obviously, that changes the momentum. That gives the momentum early to the Astros. And then you get Jose Arquiti pitching with a lead rather than it's scoreless and everyone's kind of on edge. Who's going to get the first run? Uh, you know, everything's under a microscope going into these playoffs. So, yeah, I think attack early and often in the beginning, in the first couple innings for the offense, give Jose Arquiti some runs, let him settle in, and hopefully you can see a 5-6, maybe even a 7-inning uh, start for Jose Arquiti. P- keep the pitch count down, throw strikes, and uh, make really good pitches and get these guys out and just don't throw to Kike Hernandez. Yeah, uh, it's let someone else beat you. Just let someone else beat yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. For the love of God. Uh, shifting into this three-game stretch in, in Fenway, I, I, ideally the result is, you know, a clean sweep, right? there to to lock it in yeah i think it's coming back to houston i don't know which way it's gonna be um if it's if it's three two whatever way but i think the tomorrow with with everything kind of being unknown with the back end of the pin excuse me with the back end of the rotation and and those guys jose recruity has a chance to legitimately make his name in this franchise of pitching in october We've yeah. seen it time and time again. It almost feels like he's logged more innings in October than he has in the regular season because that's just how he emerged as a, as, a, as a guy, you know, in 19. And so I think that people are sleeping on him a bit, our fan base, and he has an opportunity to really wake everyone up and show that, hey, I'm a big-time pitcher too. I know there's a lot of dudes on the staff, but, hey, I'm a dude. I've been in big moments before, and I have another big, big, big opportunity right here in front of me to capitalize on that. Yeah. And people can, people don't need to sleep on him because there's really no one else that you're turning to right now. Can't throw Zach Greinke because he's not stretched out enough. So, I mean, what else do you have? It's go time for Jose Arquiti and it's man, it's going to be interesting going into that game. I think early on is really going to set the tone uh, for for the rest of that game, but then for the rest of the series, I think you hit it on the head. It's a swing game tomorrow, a very, very crucial time for the Houston Astros, just because of the way the rotation is set up, especially without Lance McCullers. We don't know about Luis Garcia. So after that, man, oh man, it's like, again, it's a scary thing, but tomorrow is is, tomorrow, meaning Monday. um, It's huge. It's going to be a big, 
big time day for the Houston Astros. And I think obviously they're up for it. They've got so much experience on the offensive side. Pitching staff, not so much. And that's a scary thing. But they're definitely still up for the task. If there's if there's any group of of pitchers going into into Fenway uh, that just I don't think it cares for the moment or how loud it's going to be. It's J.U. It's Zach Greinke. Yeah, probably a little bit of Oda Rizzi because he just has a natural chip on his shoulder. But Austin Christian Javier, I think all those guys are when we when we come back, hopefully to Houston, whatever it is that I think those are the guys that logged you a a fuck ton of innings during this three game set. And so um, it both these teams just mirror each other so damn much. That's why I think it goes seven. I think somehow, some way the series just will find its way to come back to Houston for a game seven. Um, They're both, both really good teams. The energy from that Red Sox clubhouse, obviously we got, I was very fortunate. A good friend, Corey uh, invited me to the diamond club seats with him yesterday. So being that close and, Obviously, when two grand slams are in the first two innings, you know, the dugout's chirping and stuff. But um, watching the Astros all year and then being able to be that close to the Red Sox and seeing that, I mean, these two teams just are, are just mirror images of each other. I, the energy right. that's coming out of that that bullpen, excuse me, out of that dugout and just how much love they have for their teammates. And they're always talking. They're always chirping. They're always in the sense of they're so locked in baseball-wise like the Houston Astros are. Um it's special to watch these two teams go to war because it's really, really good baseball. Obviously, it yeah. sucks as a fan. Um, and oh my gosh, another episode that we're recording and another Jock Peterson home run. Wow. Really? Just tied really? it up 2-2. Did, two, two. did it again. Oh my. Just hit a to tie it off to Scherzer tie it? to tie it 2-2. Two, two. Good. Wow. Good. Wow, um, I bet. I, I love bet. October baseball. As a, See, like I, I'm not stressed yeah. right now because I'm, I'm just sitting here watching it. Right, but like in it, I I can't wait to to go back and watch this seven game, hopefully seven game series with the Red Sox, um, because it's really, really, really good baseball. This this series deserves seven games for sure. It does. It's to me at one point in game one where bloopers were falling. There was a big moment uh, early in the game where bases were loaded. Michael Brantley hit a little blooper. Kike Hernandez comes out of nowhere, dives, makes the catch, keeps runs off the board. Uh, Rafael Devers or Xander Bogarts, one of them hit a little blooper that fell uh, in for a single early in the game. And I'm thinking, oh my God, then Here there we was, go. Here then, we go. Yeah. And yeah. then there was another one. Uh, I think it was Kike Hernandez, little bloop double fell in front of Jordan. And I'm like, oh my God, here we go. This is, this is the bullshit that we had to go through in 2018. And I'm like, holy shit, this is literally going to happen again. But just like we said on the first preview for the ALCS, good teams find a way to win. The Astros steal game one. So I still do believe this game will also, I, I also believe that this game will go seven. Um, we saw how completely different each game is going to be, especially with the way that game two went with the the just unbelievable two grand slams, couple, couple, couple pitches away, and the Astros really probably win game two. Yeah, and um, the team's been here before. The team has gotten right. their ass beat uh, in a seven-game series on a, on, in a one-off game. It's not nothing new it's not like yeah oh my god what the fuck's going on it's hey turn the page go to work and i think yeah. this team is just they have this this quiet confidence of this war around them that this they carry how they carry themselves in october that i don't think they're worried or stressed the moment's not too big they could be they were down 3-0 last year and force yeah. a game seven like yeah 
they they've seen the best they've won it all and then they've had their heart ripped out in 19 and they they force a game seven they've done all these different things over the over the last five six years of this golden age and that's what i think is going to be the key factor in the series is just the experience and how well they gel they can look at each other and yes george springer's not there yes justin verlander's not there yes garrett cole's not there but the bulk of these guys have logged a ton of innings in October. And so have the Red Sox. Don't get me wrong. But it was Schwarber somewhere else. It was Kike somewhere else. It was, you know, Bogey, Devers, and JD there, yes. But now they're also trying to gel as well, where this Astros team can look around like, hey, remember in 18 when this happened? Or, yeah. hey, remember in 20 when this happened? You could, you could turn and do that. You don't have to like, hey, did this happen to you when you were in LA? Or, hey, did this happen to you in Washington? No, it's a conversation you have with your teammate where you're just like, Shit, this this happened before, boys. We were we were here in eighteen when this happened, or in nineteen, whatever year you want to use. So, um, I think that's a a big factor as well. Yeah, and and, and to to talk about the experience, you saw it today in in uh, Alex Bregman's uh uh shit. I can't even talk. Media availability. Yeah, I think someone tweeted about it saying, "Oh, I miss cocky Bregman." Well, I don't think it's cocky Bregman. I think it's Bregman's just. I mean, this is just another day. Oh yeah, you don't you don't try to do too much with this whole scenario. It's just we've been here. You yeah, can't. we've been the, here. The, the moment will eat you alive if you, if you exactly. try to do that. Exactly. This game will humble you so damn quick if you get like that. So I think it's calm, cool, collected. Hey, we're gonna go play baseball uh, in game three. We've been here before. Uh, we went on the road uh, in Washington. Jose Arquiti got a start and he pitched damn well. 2018, we saw this happen to us. We had to go on the road and face a tough environment. Uh, 2020, battle-tested as well. So all the experience has got to pay off at some point. Got to pay off. And I think it will. I still think the Astros are going to take this series. I still think it's going to go to seven games. It's going to be a war, like we keep saying. Um, And, and I was going to ask you what your... If you had one key, one key to a victory in game three, what would it be? And I think for me, I'll just go ahead and start. I think the one key is the offense has got to score in the first three innings. Take the lead early, and not just one run. I'm saying put up a couple. Get the momentum fully swung on your side. Give Jose Urquidy a lead. Let him settle in to extend his outing. That's my biggest key. I think my biggest key is going to be this. Um, there's going to be a moment in the game where you, Jose hits um, the wall or has a a situation maybe first and second, one out, something like that. And it's going to be a fringe call of do you pull him right now in the fourth or the fifth to go to your pin, or do you let him in to go through it and see if he can get through it? I think that's going to be the key. If you can trust in Jose Acredi tomorrow to get you later on in the series and help your team out. Obviously, yeah. you want to win the game and you, you, you want to win the swing game, but what does what is how does that help you if you pull him in the fourth and you end up losing that game then it's just a it's a a, a double loser right because you burn yeah. then you burn the pin so i think there's just gonna be a moment in the game where you just have to trust your guy and it's a feel thing oh, yeah. and it's a that's a great thing that dusty does do well he can see it and just be like i know it we saw it last year yeah. with grinky when he when he got that big strikeout and kept them in i think it's gonna be that moment i don't know Obviously, I, I can't predict the future, but I think it's going to be that like middle innings when your starter's starting to get those stressful at-bats. Right. And how you handle right. that. Yeah, and that's that's the best thing about Dusty Baker uh, when you talk about his old-school mentality. He knows the game. He feels the game. 
Uh, he doesn't always look at a, a stat sheet. He doesn't look at analytics all the time. He has the balance of new school, old school, and at the end of the day, go with your gut, feel the momentum, feel out the game, make those big decisions. And Zach Grinke talked about it. He was like, man, it feels good to actually have a manager that trusts you. So yeah. Dusty Baker has that uh, in his DNA, um, and he's been there before. He's been in you know some playoffs uh, throughout his career. So, man, I, I think another thing is is don't try to make this – don't try to do too much with this whole situation. That's from, obviously, the players, but – we as fans need to relax a little bit. For sure. It's a, it's a new day. The The series is even. It's a three-game set. It, take it game by game, pitch by pitch. Three-game so, set, sneak one, and then worry yep. about getting the second one. Yep, exactly. Yep, that is exactly. It's going to be a war. At the end of the day, it's going to be a war. Oh, fuck uh, and war. this, Yeah, and these t- two teams are mirror images of themselves, and this game is going to go seven. I still think the Astros are going to win, so. Look forward to it. I'm excited. Yeah. Where's the watch party at? Tomorrow, I believe, is going to be at Kobo's. I believe. We'll drop the address and, and everything else down below. Don't know what it's going to be Tuesday. Don't know what it's going to be Wednesday. Um, yeah. But we're, we're, we'll figure it out. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we were there uh, Saturday at Kobo's. Um, and we we're also there Friday and Saturday, actually. So, appreciate everyone coming out. As always, we love the support. That's going to do it for the... Uh, Beyond the Diamond podcast as we recap game one and two, we're looking in, uh, looking towards games three, four, and five. We will be back uh, after games three, four, and five with another episode. Hopefully, the Astros will either have won the ALCS or or they're in good position coming back home three to two. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Dad, I'm you got anything before we get out of here? Just stressed. Are you? Just worried. Yeah. Stressed and worried. Um, but other than that, love you guys. That's going to do it. Thank you for watching. Again, follow us on social media at blima790, at ApolloDez1, and of course, at ApolloHOU. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Instagram. Our guy Spaceman is building that thing out left and right, yes, at ApolloHOU on Instagram. Uh, follow all the socials. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for the support. Until next time, we will, get, we will talk to you guys later. Peace. Love you guys.